Welcome to the Poultry Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, the latest poultry nutrition research digested for you. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Cargill works with poultry producers to drive customer profitability by being a leader in applied nutrition. BASF provides sustainable, high-performing ingredients that enhance the quality and productivity of your poultry feed. Anatox, partnering with the world's food producers to develop and deliver innovative programs to efficiently produce safer food. Carry, proven on the farm, trusted on the plate. Carry is where technology is made. Hello all, welcome to this new episode of Poultry Nutrition Black Bell Podcast Show. I'm your host, Dr. Pratima Alikari from Mississippi State University. We have a new guest here today in today's program. He's Dr. Peter Adler from DBASF Company. He's a senior expert in animal nutrition. Dr. Peter, welcome to the show. Yeah, hello, welcome. Thanks for the kind introduction. I'm um, happy to be here today and uh, to share you probably some new insights on phytase and uh, phytate and how phytase could probably be used and what we can expect from phytase beyond uh, digestibility only. Thank you, Dr. Adler. It's very exciting to um, hear about this topic that you're going to talk about. So I have read a little bit about your work and we have discussed what you work on before. So for the people who do not know you, would you like to give a kind of brief introduction about yourself? Where where are you now currently? Where is your highest degree from? And what are your some experiences before um, or in this company? Sure, <clears throat> appreciate. So let's um, start in the in the past. I'm a veterinarian by education, studying in Hanover in Germany. Then I did my PhD in Switzerland in digestive physiology, looking to absorption processes mainly. And then I stayed still at the university for some years as assistant researcher and lecturer in animal nutrition and uh, physiology in Germany in the very north. And uh, then I <clears throat> left university and joined the industry um, around 2000, joined the feed industry. And since uh, almost 20 years, I'm now with BSF uh, located in Germany in the global unit and responsible for phytase mainly, but also some other enzymes. Thank you, Dr. Peter. Um, for those who are listening to this show today, um, he has a lot of, Dr. Peter has a lot of experience with enzymes and basically with phytase. And that's the reason today I want to talk, I want him to talk about a uh, little bit on the phytase. Uh, it's been very common uh, enzyme that has been used in both broilers and laying hens. Um, but from his perspective, what he has seen, like uh, something beyond the nutrition, you know, just not of phosphorus and calcium, but more than that, um, other digestibility work and that's digestibility benefit of that. Um, um, Dr. Adder, if you could share uh, what is there and some of these experiences with this enzyme particularly. Yes. So probably to bring all of us the same page, so we have phytate as a substrate, 
um, for phytase, and phytate is um, available in all vegetable diets, so to say. Um, you have to take in mind that 60 to 70 percent, an average of the total phosphorus in plants, is bound to phytate, what is a six carbon ring structure, and uh, bound to each carbon there's uh, phosphorus. So we have this inositol 6 phosphate, how it's also ca uh, called. And uh, the bird cannot, or the broiler cannot use this phosphorus. It has no digestive enzyme for that. There was phytase is added to the feed, and that's done since 1990. It was uh, BSF, the company I'm working for, even what introduced it to the market. And um, yeah, we have uh, in total 2.5 plus minus 2.5 gram phosphorus bound to phytate in the common diets. And um, yeah, you might know mainly phytase is used to um, improve the phosphorus digestibility and the calcium digestibility, mainly phosphorus, of course, uh, to release this phosphorus, what is uh, not utilizable by the animal. And um, yeah, there is to save feed costs. In the end, that's where um, phytase is, is used for mainly, and this complex of phytates is negatively charged. Um, phosphate groups can also complex with trace elements what are positively charged like iron, copper, but also with calcium, of course, but also amino acids and a protein. So commonly, um, Phytase is used as yeah as a feed cost uh, reducer, having still the same performance uh, of the animal by replacing nutrients and energy by by that. What has been figured out and by the different companies and what is then uh, established in the market is so-called matrix values. There are tables telling you how much phytase can replace what amount of of the other nutrients. That's a classical way to use it. Yeah, um, uh, absolutely. So when you when you mention about these matrix values, um, I'm aware of that. Uh, we give some credit for uh, phosphorus and calcium that coming from phytes. Is there anything else that you are adding in matrices? Yeah, so in the matrix, you also find energy and the amino acid values. And the interesting thing is that we have found that when you add very high dose rates, of uh, phytase or even beyond these standard dose rates, what is given in the matrix is let's say 2,000 or even more units per kilogram of feed, that you get also um, very often an additional benefit uh, on performance of the animal, what was not the classical way. And it has been found also that um, high dose rates of phytase can even outperform um, the proteases you have in the market uh, in aspect to amino acid digestibility. And um, it has been found also by own studies, but also literature can be seen that um, and over uh, reviews available, that is mainly certain amino acids which digestibility is, is increased and that's predominantly um, serine, theonine, proline, cysteine. And the interesting thing is um, that these amino acids are also the amino acids that are predominantly found in the mucus of the um, animal. And so we can now speculate um, um, if the phytate as such and its uh, metabolites, so the IP5, IP4, what are also still antinutrients, if they probably have some uh, or cause some irritations of, of the mucosa and uh, thereby causing some reaction of the mucosa. We have to consider that um, we force the broilers to to take up pure corn soy diets nowadays where nature has not made them for and then it makes probably sense that we have some anti-nutrients in like phytate 
what um, have um, let's say harmful effects in a, in a way or um, to the mucosa and we have found even that when we have a phytate containing diet and we add very high dose rates of phytase that we reduce then the depth of the crypt of the crypts and that is the location where um, the renewal of mucosal cells takes place so probably we reduce the turnover or the need of turnover when we destroy more and more and more to phytate. That was an interesting finding. And we, in addition, found that um, we can reduce when adding very high phytase levels the number of lymphocytes infiltrated to the epithelium. And we compared that even to the phytate-free diet. And um, so there was an increase when we gave phytate-containing diet to the broiler, the corn-soy rapeseed containing diet and when we added then the high uh, levels of phytase up to 3000 we came back even to the level uh, in respect to the lymphocyte number to uh, the phytate free diet what shows us that there might be even an immunological uh, reaction and there is we can save then uh, energy and um, protein probably so reduce energy losses because these reactions of the mucosa uh, uh, needs these uh, energy and uh, and proteins, and then it can be used for um, for growth, of course, and that's probably what we have observed. Elevate bird well-being and improve profitability with Cargill's tailored nutrient solutions that deliver performance. Cargill is leading through applied nutrition, leveraging deep nutrient insights and understanding of the animal's nutrient requirements to achieve your production and performance goals. Perfect. Um, this is great uh, sharing, and um, I can I can tell that um, my, my audience are benefited with what you have just shared, with your knowledge and all these details about phytase. Yes, there's a lot still to investigate, um, especially in the superdose side of it. Um, when you when you mentioned about superdose earlier um, in Europe, I know we are in a different situation here, and I mean we are in US, and then in research based in US, and then you have a European. Um, you know, this guideline and this protocol to follow. So in pretty much in your European diet that uh, I'm not sure if it's only corn and soy or you also use wheat and other stuff, um, what is your kind of super dose amount in um, FTU you're kind of feeding to your broilers? Um, so we also have, of course, a lot of um, wheat-based, wheat corn, uh, wheat soy-based diets here in in, uh, in Europe. So in the north, northeast, and in middle, probably to the south and southwest, uh, we have also um, corn in the diet. Um, <clears throat> but the use of phytase has increased in the recent years um, because people really try to reduce the phosphate in the diets to save the natural phosphate, but also to reduce excretion uh, and environment pollution as, um, as a key word here, yeah, where authorities um, focus a lot on here in, in Europe and uh, the feed uh, producers or even the, the, the farmers, so to say, are a bit under pressure here to reduce that output. And so... Um, the standard dose rates in, increase to, to 1,000 units easily, and even in the young animals, what are more sensitive, even higher. So people really try to make advantage of releasing all the phosphate and probably all, also to have this add-on effects I was talking about um, before, so effects beyond uh, phosphorus release. 
That's great. Um, sure. I think that's kind of also answers my kind of sustainability question I was going to. So it definitely does and protects the environment. And we are now talking about having this carbon footprint and measured from these different forms and the many animals, right? And it's coming to the U.S. as well. We're kind of we're kind of thinking about that way. So, Dr. Adder, I think um, we have to have another meeting or another podcast scheduled to learn more about your uh, lot of uh, insights into the phytase and also the extra phosphoric benefit of that. Um, for today's episode, I would really appreciate you joining it and you could make it um, spread the knowledge to the audience. Um, if you have anything to share for the show. Not for the moment. Thank you very much for hosting me and for giving me the chance talking to you. And I uh, would highly appreciate if we have probably a part two, three, four, or whatever of this uh, podcast. Thank you a lot. Absolutely. Uh, for you all, thank you for joining the podcast. Um, see you all later. Have a great day. Hey, everyone. We're always searching for the latest and greatest research to share each week. And if you have a poultry nutrition-related research trial and would like to come on the show and talk about it and share it with us, Feel free to email the research link, uh, the paper where we can find it, or the abstract to hello at wisenetics.com. That's hello at wisenetics.com. And I look forward to hearing from you.